0: Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mew Sins of a My United Fan Podcast. My name is Paul, your regular host. On today's show, I'll be reviewing um, yesterday's performance with Crystal Palace, Manchester United versus Crystal Palace. You guys know the score. We lost to Crystal Palace by a long goal. Again, and that poor, disastrous, disgraceful and an embarrassing performance from Manchester United and there was not a lot riding on that game but we, our place in Europe was assured but where in Europe exactly is what really was at stake and we would expect that knowing that West Ham could topple us if we lost should have nice the team, you know, to at least get a result against Crystal Palace and secure our place in the Europa League because Europa League, yes, nobody really wants the Europa League, but it's still a backdoor to the Champions League if you win it. And looking at this team and the level of work that has to be done on this team, getting back to the Champions League to the Europa League if we win is not a bad idea and that is why it's important that we qualified for the Europa League because it's an opportunity to win a trophy at the same time we can get a backdoor into the Champions League if we win the Europa League trophy if for any event or any reason we fail to get into the top four next season so these are the issues. Yet, the level of performance by the players was abysmal. Poor performance, again, by Manchester United against Crystal Palace. I believe we've, we've lost up to 13 matches, 12 or 13 matches this season, if I'm not mistaken, A very new low for Manchester United. How can Manchester United lose double figures in this season? It's never happened before. Even on that Moise, I don't think it happened. I don't think so. And it's shameful that Manchester United have lost six games. Their last six games away from home, Man United have lost. Six games back-to-back away from home, Man United failed to win any of them. That is... That has not happened in a very long time. In fact, I think I can get the stats. Just a second. Please, can bear with me? I have some stats here that I got from the BBC website. And I will just quickly read out some of these stats. According to what I saw on the BBC website, um, Christian's Palace have ended the run of thirteen consecutive home league matches without a win over Manchester United. With this, they are forced since a 3 0 victory in May in 1991. This is the first time Crystal Palace is defeated Manchester United at, um, I think Park that's the name of their stadium. This is the first time Crystal Palace is defeated Manchester United at Selhurst Park since 1991. I reckon many of you were not even born. Many of you listening to this podcast maybe may, were not born by then or were toddlers when this happened. Manchester United have lost 6 consecutive away league matches for the first time since March 1981. So it's been 40 years that Manchester United have lost 6 away games in a row. These are not the Fergie years, mind you. The Fergie years started in 1987-88, that was when Fergie took over. I think eighty six, eighty seven season, when Fergie took over, or there, or something like that. Fergie took over, and it wasn't this bad, even under the Fergie era. It wasn't even bad over the previous manager's era. I've forgotten his name now. I need to run up soon. So, and these were not the heydays of Manchester United. These were periods you would consider Manchester United being um maybe stagnating underperforming but it wasn't just bad you had to go back to 1981 for you to get such a, le- a level of performance you never have ended a season with a goal difference of zero Is the first time they have not had a positive goal difference at the end of a league season since 1989-90. So, you can imagine. It's it's over 30 years since Manchester United last had a less than positive goal difference. We have a positive goal of zero. We We scored 57 goals and considered 57 goals. Manchester United we've got 58 points our lowest in living memory it's a terrible shambolic performance this season has been abysmal and anyone who says Ole left us in a better place and and actually believes that needs to have his head checked anyone who thinks that should have his head checked or is clueless we are in a better place yet. We had we sacked him. Why would he leave us in a better place and he will get sacked? Does that even make sense? If you're leaving somebody in the better place, is either it's because you are resigning or you've you've, you've lost team or you've had a better offer or you have a new direction or a new calling on your life, not being sacked or mutually agreeing to pathways. I hope you guys see the point I'm trying to make. Nobody leaves a team in a better place in the manner Ole left and, and, and sells that. And But this is the result. This is the point I'm making. If Ole left us in a better place, look at the results we are having. Look at the statistics. Look at the performances. It's nothing to write about. This team is an absolute disgrace. The last game of the season... We have close to, or we had close to 10 players unavailable for various reasons either due to injury or, well, they were just unavailable. No Ronaldo, no Rashford, no Varan, no Luke Shaw, no Wambisaka, no Matic, no Bogba. Nobody was available. These players, all of them were either injured or unavailable for various reasons. And what does that tell you? You need to read between the lines. They, were, they had effectively down tools, and they were no longer interested in playing again for the rest of the season. Apparently because Ralph Rannick is too blunt and he throws players under the bus. So therefore, they were not going to play for him. This is the situation we are in right now. And it's not that we are even doing well reasonably well for them to suggest that okay you may have a point this is our worst performance in living memory and this is what you get when you put people like ole in charge of a club i still blame ole for the mess we are in ole and the glazers and the idiots woodward and Cope, who were running this club this is their legacy and because of this abysmal failure, that is why change has to be made. Change, change has to be forced upon them. People have to be let go. People have to be sacked. Scouts, people running, holding various positions at the club, have to be forced out. only had to be sacked, and things like that, because of this failure, Woodward too hard to leave because of these failures if i uh, imagine if my united were successful winning trophies year in year out woodward and all the people who have been in who have been managing the club's affairs will still be in a job only uncle mckenna Carrick, and all the other idiots will be in a they will still be here with us if the results were favorable or were much better if we were winning trophies or challenging for titles like uh, Ole and Co. would have us believe when we are coming second and third in previous seasons, they will still be here with us. Now the pandemic is over, football has normalized and the chickens have come home to roost. The poor decision making over the years since Ferguson left has caught up with us and we're at our lowest ebb. Anything lower than this, and we'll be battling relegation. There's no two ways about it. Normally, 40 points is enough to get you safety. We only got 58 18 points. That means we had six more defeats, I mean, six more victories to stave off relegation. That is what it comes down to. How we are in the Europa League is because West Ham was focused on European football and they couldn't just. You know, they couldn't get over the line at the most crucial of moments. And they don't have the squad depth and perhaps the quality to push on for a Europa League place and actually win the Europa League. They didn't have it. That is the reason why West Ham failed at last hurdle. But they had a much better season than Manchester United. They progressed to the quarterfinals, I believe, of the FA Cup. They knocked Man United out of the Carabao Cup. They got to the semi final of the Europa League. And, you know, they were just a victory or one match away from actually get, getting sixth position. Which is not bad for a team like West Ham. Man United, with all the promise of the beginning of the season, could not. could not even we we had to depend on Brighton to help us secure top six position to compound in fact yesterday I only watched the first half of the Man United game because I got pissed off at the way we we considered that goal from Wilfred Zaha again and on the first error stupid pass by Bruno under no pressure, passed back to the opposition and Dalot and Lindelof just allowed Zaha to cut in easily and place his shot. So sloppy of a goal. We turned hard watching. We didn't create much chances. We only had only about three good chances to score and we didn't take any of them generally, we, we did not trust in Crystal Palace. When your goalkeeper is winning man of the match, it just tells you how poor the outfit players were. And that brings to, uh, brings to the fore this stupid argument we often see on Twitter about people wanting DJ to be sold for a, a ball-playing defender. I mean, ball-playing goalkeeper. And... It just shows that the least of our problems is the goalkeeping position. Fix the outfit positions first. Then you worry about your goalkeeper, your goalkeeper's distribution or ability to play with his feet or sweeping. But the very basics this squad cannot do. Bruno cannot keep it simple. McTominay and Fred do, do not go with the runners, cannot pick the runners, can't defend. Cannot bust the midfield, cannot pass accurately. We have a slow defender in Harry Maguire, we cannot play a high line. Lindelof, lightweight, good ball playing, but he's not an imposing figure. He does not tackle, he does not he's not energetic that lot and tell us full backs who will not go forward much who will not overlap as I went and hit accurate crosses then we have a striker who is not in his prime who is more who spends most of his time with the doctors rather than on the pitch Cavani that is wingers that are young and average at best These are the issues, a poor performance from Manchester United all round. Very poor, abysmal performance. So we we were saved by Brighton and Manchester City yesterday. Manchester City were almost capitulating, but they were a good team and so they were able in five minutes to turn the game around. Otherwise, we would be staring the quadruple in the face. Liverpool winning the quadruple and Brighton losing to West Ham, thereby us, <coughs> excuse me, ending up in the Conference League. That's what would have happened to Manchester United yesterday. So many of us were keeping an eye on those games because we couldn't be watching the draws United were serving while the drama was going on without keeping an eye on what was going on. So, that is the situation my United are. Our season has been terrible, disastrous, yet it could have been compounded yesterday. Our misery and pain could have been compounded had it been that Liverpool had won the league yesterday and Brighton had not defeated West Ham yesterday. But at least we spared the embarrassment of Liverpool winning a quadruple to eclipse our 1999 treble winning and having to play in conference league football with obscure teams you know what that means if you're in the conference league it makes it much more difficult to attract players who can get you closer to the likes of liverpool and man city and chelsea that is the situation we are in right now Now that we're in the europa league it's an opportunity it's got to be difficult but it's an opportunity for us to win a trophy and get back to Champions League, if for any reason we are unable to get top four. That is the incentive. Now we have a new manager, and I hope um, Eric Ten Hag and Rafranik will establish a good rapport, so that they can get players who can, you know, help the team or help the squad to grow i not only help the squad grow but to improve the quality and the strength of this i mean of the squad really because really this my team i'm afraid I listened to Eric Ten Hag's some of his comments in his first press conference. Um he made a press conference earlier today and I'm very worried with some of the comments he's making. He's backing Harry Maguire. He's saying Barry Maguire has been very good and has been successful. Uh, doing, doing very well. Really. What that means, Harry Maguire is going to remain captain of this club under Eric Ten Hag. That is a red flag. Excuse me. Number two. He said he's going to work with what he has. That is another red flag. With this team, anybody that works with this team is bound to fail. My only hope is that I expect that there will be reinforcements and the question is how many reinforcements do we need i i reckon that realistically we should get at least five people in that will be first team players not backup players first team players and some of these idiots in the squad will come back up Realistically, I expect us, if we are serious, to get at least five players in. Five, minimum. If we, it was possible to get up to ten players, I would suggest that. But we know that this club does not have a track record of even getting the simple deals done. We drag and drag and drag and drag. Hopefully, with this new regime, with this new era, things will be different deals will be done quickly and smoothly yes we are not in champions league so so it will be difficult to attract players that we want but we need to start from somewhere perhaps we will not be able to get the best players but we need to get players that can improve the squad improve That will be a step up from what we really have now. So, from what I can see, Eric Ten Hag will will try to sell some of his ideas and at the same time adapt his ideas to the players at his disposal. So, he will probably identify places that need strengthening and try to play a system that can get the best out of the squad. But I feel that the areas that need to be addressed... Is the midfield primarily then we need a striker that will be a backup to cristiano ronaldo then we need wingers we cannot trust rashford anymore unless he improves drastically we cannot trust marshall because he has failed at sevilla he's not pulling up any trees we cannot trust elanga we cannot trust mabry we cannot trust um ahmad These are players who are not even getting game time and they're supposed to be on low. So there are so many things wrong with Manchester United. And the sooner we get this sorted, the better for Man United. Our midfield and attack needs to be sorted. Our full backs need to be sorted. It's very important. The central defence we have lightweight people there, but I feel that those ones can... If we don't threaten them immediately, we can do that in the future. But places that need urgent attention our full backs. We have poor full backs. Of all the fullbacks, we have probably looked sure is the best out of all of them. And he's injury prone. So we are stuck with Alex Telles, who does not get forward as often as he should. Whose quality of crossing is suspect, same as Dalot. That lot is better going forward than defensively, yet he's not even he's not been doing that well of late. The fullback positions is a big problem for Manchester United. The midfield is the biggest problem of Manchester United. We need midfielders who can hold on to the ball, pick a pass, create chances. That's what we need. And do the basics defensively and offensively then we need a striker. Then we need wingers. You can imagine the volume of changes, reinforcements we need. Are we going to get all of them? Time will tell. So that is my take on this situation. I need to stop here. Um, it's um, It's a sad situation for Manchester United, but I'm glad the season is over and that we can move on. And the Eric Ten Hag era has begun. Hopefully, he will succeed. But there are already red flags already going by the comments he has been making. Perhaps I will do a podcast, evaluating some of his comments and state why I am worried. That's what I think I should do. In any case, I wish him the best of luck now that he's here. And hopefully, work with Rafranik in identifying key players to strengthen the team. Will begin to close the gap between us and Liverpool and Manchester City. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all for taking our time to listen to this podcast. Uh, hopefully, I will be making more podcasts um, now that the season is over. I'll be, I'll still try to make one podcast a week, um, discussing any new um, happenings or recent happenings or any important events or announcements that um that will be made in the coming weeks and months so thank you again do have a great week ahead and bye for now